0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. In fact, Walter
1: Jones told me that he wore 71 because Tony Baselli wore 71. And Willie Roe said, you know, I used to have them cut up. Vaselli plays, even though we weren't in the same division or the same conference, just to check my game against what he was up to. So he was the standard that those guys ended up uh, kind of using as to where their game was. You talk about Hall of Famers and and opponents and they all say Vaselli was the best of the era. In fact, Anthony Munoz amended what he had said previously about Vaselli. He had said Vaselli was one of the best tackles he'd ever seen play. He amended it to say, Tony was the best in his era. He deserves a spot in,
2: in uh, Canton.
1: Well, this came on fast. Today is the vote for the Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame. Like, last night, I saw a Pro Football Talk tweet this. I was like, is this real? Yeah. And so I started asking around. I texted Tony. He's like, yeah, they're voting tomorrow. I was like, shoot, are you going to be around tomorrow? Well, we won't find out. We don't even know. Like, are, people don't even know when they're finding out. Now, I've heard the day before the Super Bowl still. But they're voted today. So that was Sam Kavars, who was the presenter for Jacksonville mm-hmm. and for Baselli, and uh, they had a virtual call today, mm-hmm. and you saw like the, the tweet right? It was the Pro Football Hall of Fame put the tweet out. The present part of the presentation, it's longer than that. Yeah, and uh, here we go again, uh, Tony Baselli. And I will say this: uh, here's here's one of my big beasts. Okay, say what you want about anybody in the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, we've competed. <laughs> different tv stations before with with sam sam Kavaris, uh used to work at channel four uh now is is writing occasionally for the four times union we've had sam on uh when he was at the masters in november oh right? that's right yeah uh,
2: so i see that's why i forgot it was golf
1: uh <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> and, you, and he's you, been he's the presenter great. for a long time and and there's like one person in every nfl city that has like an nfl vote and he's had the vote uh for a long time and i think there's a lot of people that say well, it's because of the presenter, because I don't believe it for a moment. I've covered this thing for the last five to seven to eight years right up there at the Super Bowl. I've talked to voters. It's not. Everybody says Sam does a good job of presenting. It's it's not that it's on the voters. It's on people like Gary Myers, who votes and it is stuck on longevity. It's it's guys like that. The mm. The case has been made for Tony. Tony made the case for himself. People like Willie Roe, people like Anthony Munoz. People like Jason Taylor, uh, people like Bruce Smith, have gone to bat and said, "We're in the Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Fame too." It's 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 up to the damn voters. And listen, well, I, I got def- I'll defend Sam on this because I think I've asked people about it. Okay, I, it's not the presenter in this case. Um, I don't think it's ever really been. I mean, people can make the argument, but since I've been covering this, this has little to do with presentation and more to do with the voters and voting on longevity versus greatness.
2: I get it. And and listen, this I'm entering I'm entering my third year now in sports radio. So like I'm not really fresh to the whole Tony Baselli Hall of Fame thing because, I mean, I, I've heard it even when I wasn't working on the radio. I mean, obviously, um, I believe he deserves to be in it, and I'm, I'm not being biased because I'm, you know, in Jacksonville, but maybe I'm a little biased because he signed my autograph when I was in preschool when I went to go visit the Jacksonville Jaguars at training camp. It was one of my very first autographs on my Jaguars program that I got with my daycare, so I always appreciated Tony. With that being said, and listen, I don't know how many of these voters – our former football players it can't be a lot of them Brent like go ahead and give me a percentage real quick say it again of what how how many of these voters are former NFL players oh uh i mean is it zero i mean are we at like 1% 2% yeah it's all mostly riders and well that's what i'm saying yeah. okay, so maybe nobody i think uh, the vote
1: now, now you asked me that question. I'm pretty sure I always get all my different leagues confused at votes. Yeah, but let me check if current Hall of Famers have votes. Okay, I don't well, think that's even the case.
2: Whatever the case may be, there's a lot more people that have Tony Baselli's hands, or the, you know, that had Tony Baselli in their hands in his future. Um, that d- didn't play the game. All right, at, at the highest of levels. Now, maybe high school, college. So be it. The point that I'm trying to make, though, is. When you're talking to these voters, let's be honest, Brent, from my perspective, from your perspective, from Kuz's perspective, when you watch the game of football, you hardly ever watch the tackles or the guards unless they mess up, right? What are you watching? Absolutely. You're watching the quarterbacks. Absolutely. You're watching the wide receivers. The tackles, they're secondary. They're an afterthought, okay?
0: Sometimes I'm watching my Twitter feed.
2: And Kuz watches his Twitter feed. <laughs> to each their own. On top of that. When you're trying to campaign for a tackle to make the Hall of Fame, what do you have for stats? Nothing. There, there isn't a pancake stat out there. You can say, oh, Tony Pasoli had 100 and something pancakes. In his-. No. All there is is games started um, and the success of the offenses that he played in. Simple as that. So while it's like a wide receiver or a running back where you can say, well, look at how many touchdowns he had. Look at how many yards he had. You can't do that with offensive linemen. So if you're trying to promote Tony Baselli, you're trying to get him in the hall, and you mentioned it, and Sam Kavaris has done this, but I think you have to do it even more. You have to bring home the fact of what his peers say about him, because his what his peers say about him should mean everything. They are the experts. No disrespect to all the writers out there. They do a great job. But they aren't experts in saying who the better offensive tackle is. That comes down to his peers. That comes down to the guys that actually shared the trends with them, whether they're teammates or opponents. But they know. They know more than anybody. And if you don't respect their word, and you don't respect what they say about Tony Baselli. then what are you doing in your position? Right? Like, every single year right now that Tony Baselli doesn't get in, you're essentially saying, Jason Taylor, yeah, I respect you, but I'm not going to listen to you, okay? All these guys. So that point needs to be driven home even more, I think, the fact that what what do his peers say about Tony Baselli, And all that I've heard of? It should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah,
1: and the only caveat to that, in fairness, is you have a lot of players that will say stuff. Right? You ask a lot of opinions. Tom Brady said today hey, Richard Seymour should be in. Mm-hmm. So do you listen to Tom Brady because he's the greatest of all time and he knows? Is he doing that just because he's a teammate? So I, I think Jason I, Taylor wasn't Tony Baselli's team. Uh, no, I understand. Yeah. I mean, you get but you get a lot of reaction. Uh, like mm-hmm. Jason Taylor <laughs> might say out of fifteen guys on the finalist list that ten of them belong in the Hall of Fame. We're not going to put ten in. Sure. Seem a, that, yeah. That's really my point, I guess. Um, but there are people that have criticized the selection process. Should players be more involved? And there are 48 uh, voters, by the way, uh, which we, we knew that. And then none of them are the former players they are all writers and uh, media representatives from each city, two from New York, two from uh, L.A. as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sixteen at large selectors. There, so, yeah. uh, you know, so guys like Peter King and, and yeah. the, the likes of those that aren't necessarily in a city uh and it's 80% that you got to get so basically you need 39 votes mm-hmm. so 39 and i i go back to again i've covered this really close um the last 5 to 7 years especially when it looks like tony was knocking on the door uh from Houston to Miami last year to wherever we've been at the super bowls atlanta and last year, I probably did the deepest dive because I've told the story before. I had like goosebumps. I thought it was happening. Mm-hmm. I really did. Like it it, it was delayed. We heard reports of people. And then it was like we hadn't heard anything on Tony. Like, that's a good thing and really thought it was happening. And uh then it didn't. So we got the text from Tony. It, it didn't happen. Well, in that lobby, in that hotel lobby in Miami, I remember asking several of the voters like, what's up can we do more can the local media do more mm-hmm. uh can the presenter do more can and and to to the folks that I talked to it wasn't all 48 of them they didn't say yeah you guys really could do this you could do that they didn't say anything like that they said no you're not gonna do that's not gonna change it like uh, one of the hiccups last year was that there were three linemen on the board uh and a lot of the votes got split mm-hmm. and so a lot of folks aren't comfortable putting like two linemen in uh, the person one person I talked to had voted for all three offensive linemen, believe it or not. So uh, and, and that's what they told me. So I, I think it's we can try to dissect why. And really, it's a and, and there's other question, too. Is this the year? everybody asks? I have no idea. I felt pretty good a couple of times after talking to people weeks of the Super Bowl. they were like, this is the year and it hasn't been. So I don't play that game anymore. I don't know if this is the year. I really don't. Uh, I think the Jags are doing a great job. In terms of pushing them out there, and some of that momentum will help. I don't think they've always done a great job. If I'm being honest, Uh, back you know maybe a handful of years ago, Mm. I think they've done a much better job, uh, kind of building momentum. Uh, We're not in the room with Sam Cavaris, but I think he's done this long enough. He knows what a good presentation is. He can, he's a good speaker. He he knows what he has to deliver. I've seen clips of it; it all looks fine to me. You know, so I don't think he's the issue. Uh, I think there's just one issue and it's still these hard-headed beat writers or representatives that say longevity. And also, for guys like Gary Myers, I tweeted at him yesterday because he has succinctly said longevity is the problem. He's a great player, but it's longevity. That's what's held him up. And I said, well, you you guys, as a voting committee, have set precedent now for Terrell Davis. They might set precedent again for Calvin Johnson this year. Mm-hmm. There is precedent now set that longevity isn't as big of a hurdle Mm -hmm. and so if longevity was the problem but greatness is what gets you in well as the more and more people that are willing to accept longevity not being a problem which might just be two or three votes man that's it well then we could see tony get in this year that's going to be it. Uh, now there are obviously some blockbuster names. There's Charles Woodson. Oh yeah, uh, there's I mean, Peyton Manning. Yeah, it was, it was uh, I the mean there's some guys. others that are going to be debatable. Calvin Johnson is he going to get in? Is longevity going to be a sticking point? I just don't know how you put a great player like Calvin Johnson in in a market where they didn't win very much with the short career and not put Buselli in. Right, so they better. Well, it's, they,
2: it's stats, man. It's stats. It's, stats. it's notoriety.
1: It's Megatron. That's, but yeah. this will be a great cop, right? Because. The Terrell Davis stuff. Terrell Davis won a Super Bowl and all those things. Calvin Johnson didn't do that. Calvin Johnson, a great player, right? One yeah. of the best at his position. Longevity wasn't fifteen years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a, I wouldn't say a small market team, but almost a forgotten team at times with Detroit. Yeah, it might be the best cop. So if they put Calvin Johnson in, Tony Baselli should be the next name that follows.
2: No, it should, but it, it, I mean, again. no, absolutely, and, and I heartily agree with you, but like...
1: And by the way, Tony Vaselli should be in whether Calvin Johnson's in or not, like, you no. know how I feel about it, but, but I'm just saying, if that's the sticking point, Calvin Johnson could be another guy that says, okay, what's the hold up, people? Yeah. You can't keep doing this. You can't keep being hypocritical saying, okay, longevity,
2: longevity, and keep putting guys in no, with longevity but, but issues. But see, and here's the thing that's going to run me the wrong way. I bet Calvin Johnson does get in, because like... He like, If you want to compare him to Tony Baselli real quick, like in terms of branding, yeah, it, it, it's Megatron, right? Like there's the numbers that go with Kelvin Johnson. So if you're a Hall of Fame voter, you see those numbers, you see the brand, you see what he meant to the city of Detroit and go, well, yeah, I mean, Tony is oh, man, Megatron. Yeah, let's go with Kelvin Johnson. Like I can definitely see that. I, 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 your position, and, and, it, and, it's, and I'll be honest, it's going to take me off. All right, because yeah. and listen, Calvin Johnson, one of the best teammates i ever had. You said only with him for maybe like, the best player, weeks. weeks. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he was literally him and Maurice Jones Drew, and probably even more like Calvin Johnson. I'm going to be honest, the only guy when I was on defense, I would come off the sidelines and like you know we get chewed out because we got we messed up a play or something. It's probably my fault. But then I come to the sidelines and instead of like sitting down and like getting some oxygen with the oxygen mask, I stand up and and, and I watch Calvin Johnson because it was must see TV, and I had the best ticket in the house, man. Like. That was like kind of the first time, and we always talk about... We had Cecil Shorts on. We had Russell Allen on. What do they always say? Um, they wish they would have lived in the moment more. Yeah, yeah, Because that yeah. was our next thing. Yeah. Calvin Johnson, the only time my NFL career actually lived in the moment, and I took it all in, was watching Calvin Johnson play on the sidelines, because I, I knew I was witnessing something that I'd probably never see again. Yeah. So, that's, that's how people call cool. Calvin Johnson. Yeah. So, don't get me wrong. Like, that guy deserves the Hall of Fame nod without a doubt in my mind. I hope he gets there. But, it's not... It's not a popularity contest, Brent. Okay? Like, if your peers say that you should be in and it's wholehearted and it's genuine, then maybe you should listen to some of those peers. And, and I've heard constant Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer say that Tony Bacelli deserves to be in. So, once again, with all due respect to the national media members out there who do a great job, and I understand that they're, they're at their point in their lives for a reason, because the hard work and dedication – but you got to start taking into more account, especially at a position that doesn't have the stats, that doesn't have the touchdowns and the yards, what people say about them. Maybe more than any other position on the offensive line where you don't have the stats, you got to take into account what his peers say about him. So to, to prove your point, Brett, like with uh, you said, who does Tom Brady deserve to get in the Hall of Fame? Who did Tom Brady uh, say? Richard Seymour. Richard Seymour. Maybe. Okay, I'm not sure. What do his stats say, though? I can look at his stats right now, yeah. and I can compare Richard Seymour to every other uh, player from that position. I can't do that with Tony Baselli, so I gotta take it on good faith because uh, I grew up watching Tony Baselli. I'll be honest with you, like I, I don't know like the, the the type of guy he was on the field, but I know what people say about him. I know what his peers and his opponents say about him. And sometimes when you have that, you don't have the stats. You gotta put it on good faith and say I trust these guys making these comments. Here's the other thing: there will be nobody in the
1: football world that says I can't believe you put Tony Baselli in. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Yeah, there really won't. Mm-hmm. Like some are. Oh, really? Was he a first ballot guy or, or should he be in? And uh, first of all, most of the guys that are finalists and some that are semi finalists are great players and probably have earned the right to be in. Yeah. So there's really no such thing as that guy didn't deserve to be in. He probably did it to get to this stage, but it's okay to put him in. Here's what always. This is the irony I find. I think a lot of people want to get mad at the presenter, want to get mad at the media, want to get mad at the voters, want to get – up. they want to blame somebody. And I don't know what the thing to blame is. I blame the people in that room that cite longevity as the only reason. But you can't put great in the same sentence. It's a hall of great players. If he's great, he's great. If he's one of the best of his generation, his era, he's great. Like, Forget about years. And we're not talking three years, by the way. We're <laughs> talking about seven years. We're talking about a guy with a, a, a good career and all the accomplishments. hmm but what I am a little surprised by, we're all sucker for stories in in our business, and I'm really surprised that the voters don't know that he's a great player. They do know that he's a great player, and they have the ability to put the first ever Jaguar in the Hall of Fame, and they don't want to be a part of that. I'm surprised at that. Yeah. Like I figured that would win out over some of the negative things or other players, like even Fanica, who probably has earned his right to the Hall of Fame. You could say he's a Hall of Famer. They've got like 50 Hall of Famers in Pittsburgh. With all due respect, the Faneke is just another Steelers Hall of Famer. Like, if I'm a voter and I'm kind of the sucker for a story, Mm -hmm. and it's neck and neck, which it might be, and you're going to put one offensive lineman, I kind of like the idea of putting the lineman in, that the team doesn't have a representative, like I feel like that could be even a tiebreaker, and I'm a little surprised, given our industry, and I know how some of them think, that that hasn't been enough to get Tony over the top. Maybe it is. I'm not saying that's the only reason. I'm, okay, I'm talking about tiebreakers here and why people will vote one way or another. Yeah. And I'm just a little surprised. I know I know what kind of makes journalists and and media people tick a little bit, and I think that would win out. I thought that would win out maybe more than it has. Let me
2: ask you this.
1: Especially you know, when the Jags, by the way, were in the year where they were going to the AFC Championship game yeah, and they were yeah, relevant. Yeah. Well, here the Jags are relevant again. Maybe that helps. I don't know if that matters. But there have been a couple opportunities now. I th- sir. I think
2: it all, no, you're good. I think it all has something to do with it. And like, the point that I'm, I'm going to make here is, listen – this past decade, let's be honest, the, the the Jaguars, the optics, all that stuff, like, you know, th- there has been a lot of respect from the national media regarding the Jacksonville Jaguars. And all of a sudden you start to see them on the come up a little bit, and a lot of people have a problem with that, and they want to crack their jokes, so be it, do your thing. When Baselli played for the Jaguars, though, they were a force to be reckoned with, okay? The, they were a team that a lot of teams had a circle saying, okay, it's going to be a tough, physical, brutal game, and we got to bring a Ray game. Right. It, it wasn't always like it was the past decade. Like there was a time before that where, where the Jaguars were that, you know, the, the immovable object, the irresistible force, whatever you want to call it. Do you get the sense? Like, do you feel disrespected at all? Like, do you think this has to do with how the national media perceives Jacksonville nowadays in terms of how they're voting for Tony Bissell? Yeah, I think. a little I bit mean, should you take that personal or not?
1: Uh, I think people do, and yeah, sure, I'm okay if you take everything from Randy Moss saying stuff yeah, to, yeah. to these guys not, I think it is a, it has become a personal thing. I think Tony probably handles it better than most. We've been around Tony yeah. a lot around this time and it's gotta be tough. It's a hard. It's almost better this year that things are different because mm-hmm. you get tired of the same thing. I know t- Tony gets tired of the same old thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Everybody telling, blowing smoke, being like, you the guy. This is the year. This is the year." And then yeah. boom, nothing happens. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't get the knock on the door, and that's gonna be a tough spot. And I'm telling you, I've covered it for a handful of years or more now. It's a tough spot, and you can see it. That's that's draining. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, he appreciates everything, no doubt. He's handled it very well. So I think the the difference this year is nice. But I believe now Jacksonville has almost stood up and said man we're taking it personal forget about how tony feels we're taking it personal and so i do think um there is a part of it by the way there's also a big uh group of people that believe fred taylor should be in this discussion already right now Uh, i don't disagree with you i think he should but the bottom line is you can tell me about fred and everybody else the bottom line is tony's the finalist and I do believe Tony has to knock down the door before others to get in, mm-hmm. whether it's Fred, Jimmy Smith, and whoever else down the road. I think Tony's the guy that's going to knock down the door for this franchise into Canton, Ohio. And uh, But I agree with you. I, I think people do take it personal, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like, I, I bet Tony appreciates that probably more than hey, he hears. It, it almost bothers everybody else. It bothers us in the media sometimes that he's not in. Maybe even more so than Tony, uh, which is kind of a fascinating part of it. Speaking of offensive linemen, Mm -hmm. Tim Warhop, uh, reportedly from Dennis Dodds, is going to stay on board. I was a little surprised by that because I had conversations with people just about how that offensive line, the the tackles especially. And there were some suggestions that coaching might have been part of it. Mm -hmm. Were they getting coached up enough? I mean, Juwan Taylor looked like he took a little step back this year. Cam Robinson, I think, was inconsistent. Uh, Interior played very well. Yeah, But what this says to me is Urban Meyer wants consistency. He's going to have a young quarterback. And so you keep the offensive line together, you keep their coach here, uh, and I found it interesting if I have my timeline correct, Warhop was a student assistant at Cincinnati when Urban Meyer was a player at Cincinnati, if my timing matches up correct.
2: There's the connection. So that goes back some almost 40 years. Listen, I'm all for keeping the continuity of the offensive line for sure, but you know how I feel about this, and I echoed this when Urban Meyer first got hired you got to keep those bridge guys here. You've to keep guys that were here at the old regime because I feel like that helps out when you're building a new regime. You have to have a guy that knows what it means to live in the city of Jacksonville and coach the Jacksonville Jaguars. Warhop is that guy. I like the fact that Urban Meyer's keeping at least one guy from the old regime.
1: Hey, one other thought on Tony Buscelli and the Hall of Fame vote. We just know that the vote's taking place today. Mm-hmm. We, we we won't know. So, again, we're going to have to sit here and wait, which would be interesting to see if it gets leaked out or not.
2: Yeah. Listen, I don't want this to come back to me as me starting a riot. But do we like storm like the, the NFL meetings one day if he doesn't get in this year? Like, do we kind of round up a, a posse if you because you know you see Twitter, man? pastor people on Twitter. Do we uh, do we start an uprising and march on these uh, Hall of Fame voters? I don't uh, think so. No. No. Okay.
1: I'm not starting that here.
2: Okay. Well then I'll. See what's up? We can virtually store. <laughs> virtually, very good. <laughs> well, you know what they're gonna do? Good, good peacemaker. The, 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 good. They're gonna go on Twitter and type that that meme that I can't really repeat here because it's got banned language, but it says "shut up." You know what? Oh why. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's what
1: they're gonna do. That's what they That's definitely what they. That's what they're do, gonna right do. To the Hall of Fame. <laughs> to the Hall right. of Fame. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what they'll do. All right. Uh, when we come back. I got a question about the quarterbacks in the Final Four uh, next on ESPN six ninety. All right, we're back.
2: Apparently, <laughs> Ku says the computer's froze nope. up, so let's that, do it. Is there, is there a conspiracy where I said we should storm the NFL uh, Hall of Fame voting, and all of a sudden, everything just goes to whack? Yeah. You, th- you think yeah. Roger's listening?
1: <laughs> I don't know if he's... Uh, my bad, he's, Roger. Uh, so no break. Let's just stay with it here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. And uh, shift gears, because I do have a question about the quarterbacks. we got yes. two young guys in the AFC, Josh mm-hmm. Allen, Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. two old guys, in the uh nfc
2: and aaron Rodgers and tom brady so first of all mahomes is okay right as they said a well, pinched nerve
1: yeah so it's less concussion more Bad, pinched nerve, which, which i had him of to... an
2: mma fights. So i know how
1: that feels you know what's funny is steph was watching that and we're watching it and she's like i think he got like choked out yeah and then they she later said that it was like he got choked out she called it yeah yeah um that's pretty wild yeah i How mean can that happen so fast oh listen brett you you i've been choked me? out i was gonna say i've been choked out before
2: it, so not uh, by me longer than that well he was being nice to you <laughs> i mean if, if, if you want to see the full effects of a rear naked choke i can show you in i don't know a millisecond if you really want to see that but listen if you hit like the, i think they call it the carotid artery without getting too technical here but if that gets like you know pushed you can fall asleep like that, bingo, so huh? yeah. So I mean, it's like and that's bingo what makes it like happen, exactly. So I guess what they're saying is, when that happened, obviously, then he had the concussion symptoms. Um, everything just kind of shut down. So it's great news from the Kansas City Chiefs perspective. Now, I've also had a pinched nerve before from an MMA fight, where I guess mine was a little more severe because I everything went black for a second, and then I had to get go to J S O and they told me I should stop doing it. But you know how I felt about that. But with that being said, I think if all systems are going with Patrick Mahomes, he should be fine with no side effects, which is great for the Chiefs.
1: OK, so we got really good quarterback play, which, by the way, the idea that the Jags could end up and should end up and will end up with Trevor Lawrence uh, just, you know, adds to this. Yes. The fact that you're looking around and you're seeing all this good quarterback play in the really in the elite eight. Yeah. Um, But to the final four. And you've got Brady and Rodgers in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Would you take the way? This isn't a resume thing. I know you are taking those this two QBs, Rodgers and Brady, or are you taking Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. Yeah, which side are you taking? You got to pick one. Okay, so I am going Team NFC or Team AFC. Yeah. Woo.
2: Oh man, that's a tough one, isn't it? No, and it's, just, it's straight up quarterbacks. The offense just, just the
1: quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Just like I'm riding God. with these guys, or I'm like they should have a bet like that in Vegas. Yeah,
2: like I'm riding with these guys, so, or I'm riding with those see guys. This that, is crazy because here's where I stand right now. I think obviously, give me Patrick Mahomes over anybody, okay? But Even I Aaron Rodgers, the way he's playing, he's the MVP of the league, man. I, will see, will see. I mean, you have a but,
1: chance to get back into the pickle,
2: and you're not <laughs> taking it. Well, because there's the thing, like you got Tom Brady, and I, I mean, I don't know, like I think Mahomes is definitely the highest of caliber right now, and Aaron Rodgers is a close second. But, like, to me, Josh Allen might be fourth because, yes, he's taking strides this year, but I've seen bad Josh Allen, right? I saw bad Josh Allen, at the like it was last year. So, with that being – again, s- it's current. We're not I talking resumes. I, I know. Is. I know, Brent. You know what? Go ahead and give me two mobile guys over a decent mobile guy and a guy that can't get out of the pocket to save his life. So, go ahead and give me the AFC because, you, you know, Tom Brady ain't getting out of the pocket. So, you better block for him. Yeah,
1: I – I really feel like over the last, if you just take the calendar, let's just say over the last month, mm. I think Aaron Rodgers is playing significantly better football though, than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I really do. I think I would probably give the nod overall to Josh Allen because over Brady, in fact, yeah. because I feel like Josh Allen's doing some things that are like, whoa, you know, I mean, his ability to throw these sideline
2: passes has been Unreal. It's simple right? as this. I think if you put Josh Allen on the Buccaneers, they're still going to the playoffs. You put Tom Brady on the Buffalo Bills, how do they do?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's good. I mean, they're probably still pretty good, but, but I mean, they got digs but yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that. Yeah, I, listen, I think Brady's still playing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, Brady, he Brady's he's clicking. Yeah. Um, he, you know. He, I almost put – you remember the two plays in that game that went off uh, Gronkowski's hands? Yes. And they were, looked like they were just overthrown. Don't you wonder if they were really thrown where they need to be, but Gronk's lost like a quarter of a step? Mm-hmm. more so, like, I almost thought that, like, what did Brady, it looks like Brady overthrows him by, like, a half a football, maybe a quarter of a football, Yeah, but I almost felt more like that's the way Brady threw it for the last five years no, in New sure. England, and he used to get that, that's yeah. the spot,
2: Well, listen, but Gronk they, can't get there anymore. Well, if you're Gronkowski, maybe get, get a little grease, get a little WD-40 on those hips, man, because you look <laughs> pretty, I mean, listen, but what Gronk's been able to do, though, because keep in mind, like... You know, Gronk's Gronk, right? But the fact that he's been able to do this at such a high level for so long because he's he's a two-way tight end, Brent, right? Like, a lot of tight ends out there, they're glorified receivers. Not Rob Gronkowski. Like, he's a glorified offensive lineman as well. So And that takes a toll on your body. Um, but I do agree with you. I think that Brady was kind of reliving those New England Patriot days a little bit, and you could see Gronk might have lost just a little step. How
1: much more does Rod, will Rodgers play at this level now for the next, I don't know, three years? Like so, like if you ask, yeah. hey, here's here's what everybody loves to ask this question: Who do you got? Well, okay, Brady's old. Mm-hmm. Let's eliminate him. Josh Allen, he did it for this year. I'm not sure I would. I I got to see a little bit more. I, listen, it's been a phenomenal year, but mm-hmm. do people figure him out? Do they go back to the tape? Do they look at tendencies? But,
2: can yeah. he be this good? But here's the thing, though, bro. Like well, define figuring him out, right? Because last year we talked about Lamar Jackson. Well, people figure him out. Well, we kind of saw. Like, listen, if they can figure out that that option and him running the ball and you contain them, quarterback spy. You might figure him out. Josh Allen's got a good arm. You know, like Josh Allen can be a, a pocket quarterback oh, when yeah. he has to. Oh, he's so, been sensational. So how do you really figure out Josh Allen, though, well, I guess? I don't know. I, yeah, I just I mean, wonder, yeah. though, because he's no, only done it for one year. I, so I,
1: I know people haven't figured out Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady over their careers, and it doesn't look like they figured out Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I guess that's my point. So, I mean, I wonder if you took the next three years. Who will play better overall football the next three years, Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes? I think is a more fair question than people want to consider. Because people want to go right into Mahomes being, hey, course, it's Mahomes. He's young. He's well, Rodgers does freaking unbelievable things with a lot with less. Nobody. With a lot less. <laughs> All of a sudden, here comes Robert Tungan out of nowhere. And, and nobody wants to admit, but don't, don't forget. Listen, Kansas City's been sensational. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers has been the
2: best player in the National Football League this year. Yes, no, I, I'm definitely going to agree with you on that. Man, Listen. With Aaron Rodgers, like nobody saw this coming, especially me, because of how that NFC championship game ended last year, where they got curb stomped by the 49ers. Like literally their defense shut Aaron Rodgers down. It was embarrassing. And at least from. And I talked to a lot of my other friends back home in Wisconsin. Like they thought it was over. Like they thought the run was over for the Green Bay Packers. What happened in the draft? They get Jordan Love. They get uh, A.J. Dillon. They draft this tight end from Cincinnati. Like three players taken. You know the first three picks have barely contributed. Now A.J. Dillon at the, has getting some run now, but yeah, they still yeah. got Aaron Jones, still got Jamal Williams. But like three players, the first three players taken in the draft have not contributed hardly at all. How many NFL teams can say that and say, you know what, we're having a better season than we did last year? Yeah, that's a good point. That's insane because I think the writing was on the wall saying, all right, they're going Jordan Love. They're taking a new running back. Aaron Jones' contract coming. like, all right, let's go in a new direction. And that may have been the plan, but what they didn't plan for, obviously, was the the gamesmanship of Aaron Rodgers. So in terms of what quarterback I would take overall – even over more homes, I'd probably take Aaron Rodgers, honestly. Yeah. Because I think this guy. Just guy's, for like a three year sample, Yeah. The next three years. Because I think this guy is playing with a chip on his shoulder right now. I, I think this guy is playing with newfound motivation. Um, I think in the past when you've seen his. his, his sideline demeanor it hasn't always been the best but i think this year like this year has kind of been the middle finger to the organization hey you want to get jordan love here's why he that was a dumb decision yeah it's easy yeah. to look
1: like you're having fun when you're winning but he really looks like he's having fun yeah. and he's so loose and, and he, i mean he's just at that perfect crescendo in his career where everything's slow for him mm-hmm. and he still can play fast like that's yeah. the perfect marriage when the game slows down to the point where you can master it but you're still fast enough to play it at every level yeah and i feel like that's where aaron Rodgers is right now and by Way, don't sleep on my Ashland guy Matt Lafleur
2: because yeah. he gets no love, no love. <laughs> no, him But props, all the guys do win. props. Ever since he's been in the NFL, give him props. And it starts to because that hire was kind of like, uh, it was, like a mean, Tennessee yeah, the, Titans of the NFC. What are we talking about? No, Matt Lafleur has done a fantastic job. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers is the MVP this year? If they don't get Jordan Love, like, do you think that was the ultimate de facto, Or Do you think Aaron Rodgers still has a great year this year? Ah, uh, he probably still is pretty darn good. I mean, he was good last year, you know, yeah, he, and so I think he's pretty good.
1: But I think that they give him an edge. It's the one thing the Patriots proved. They, they, I think in Tom Brady's tenure, they drafted nine quarterbacks. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that was purposeful. One, just in case. Yeah. But two, we're going to keep this guy sharp. We preach competition. Well, guess what? That guy ain't getting a pass. Don't get comfortable, and it keeps you sharp. And even if you're Tom Brady, even if you're Aaron Rodgers. So I can't sit here and say, no, that had no impact. I think it certainly had him focused, locked and loaded yeah. and, and ready to deliver. And, but he did play well last year, even before yeah. it. I don't think people, maybe not at this level, but he's pretty darn good
2: last year. And listen, at the end of the day, too, you got to keep in mind, you got Jordan Love, the first round pick, just sitting on the bench right now, watching on Aaron Rodgers yeah. going about things. He, he might wait when longer his, than Aaron
1: Rodgers waited.
2: <laughs> you know, for sure. But I'm saying when it's his time, like he should be more than ready.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Uh, computers are up and firing. Let's hope.
2: For now. <laughs> we think uh-huh. uh, we'll be back one more segment. Give me
1: one thing. Uh, it's coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six nine. I got a story for you. It's kind of interesting. Really? On the way.
0: We were young uh, in
2: Oklahoma City. You know, we're, we're grown men now. You know, we know what we want. We know we really know the game of basketball now. Um, you know, we're not those young guys that just run around and want to just shoot and, and dunk all day. We know the games. We know spots. We know, you know, teams, players. We just we're more advanced. Um, and then for me, you know, as I sit back, I know what type of player Kevin Durant is. You know, he's one of the best players that the touch a basketball. Uh, it's God given, you know, seven foot can basically do everything. So um, for me, uh, it's not trying to compete with that is allowing Kevin to be the best Kevin he can be and I'm gonna make sure that I can make him better and then make my teammates better
0: um, because at the end of the day that's all that matters
1: James Harden now happy and Kyrie yeah We'll see what did Kyrie say today something like he's just had a lot of personal things going on is that the
2: story yeah he kind of told the media like you guys don't know what's going on and try to act like you do so
1: of course it's the media's fault I blame you, Brent. Uh, Rational Jags fan says, uh, linked us over to NFL rumors and updates. Jaguars likely to name Ravens coach Anthony Weaver, defensive coordinator. Mm. Now, Weaver, this would be great hire. I love Anthony Weaver, man. Weaver uh, was in Houston as well Mm. uh, in the last few years. He's a Notre Dame guy. Mm -hmm. I can tell you this. He's from the Albany, New York area, because mm-hmm. I covered him in high school. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang, so you got a connection. Yeah. I like so it, how about that? We,
2: like, we like our connections around um, the ESPN 699. That's right.
1: We'll take it. Uh, but he's a good dude, really good dude. And I think one of those rising stars, kind of like you talk about, like Aaron Glenn and sure. rising star in yeah. the NFL circles. Yeah. So uh, that'd be pretty cool. I admit, I'd i heard his name mentioned. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if uh, that's uh, the case for we're,
2: Anthony. Woodford. We're talking about uh, a 3-4 defense there, Brent? Yeah, real quick, new real quick.
1: the Ravens from Joe Cullen to maybe Anthony Weaver, or whatever. And Houston played three four.
2: Yes, it is. Right. So yes. Is
1: is he? A, does that make him a three four guy for sure? Or, you know, Baltimore really mixes it up. It's hard to tell what they play sometimes. No, listen, so
2: I'm. I'm all for the mix, but what I need is that I need Josh Allen. I need uh, Caleb on chase on a up. Yeah. All right. What, what they're accustomed to doing. So let's just say that much. So I can't imagine a three, four or a four, three hybrid. I don't care. Let them stand up. It's pretty crystal clear.
1: Urban Meyer watched the Jags play quite a bit this fall. Yeah. And he's got to know what everybody else knows. These guys are better Brent, suited for a three, four. Brent, he and by the, the show, way, he knows. I had to watch that one in 15 year. He knows. It's like, holy cow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, when you're doing your research, ooh,
1: that's a uh, that's uh, that's hard to get through. I thought about this. You know, you, everybody says the eye in the sky doesn't lie. Well, think about those players now that kept playing hard. Yeah, and to me, honestly, they had no reason not to play hard. They're young guys just trying to make it in the NFL. I don't care what their record was. True. And so I do think like Marone and the staff got a little bit of a. A little fortuitous there that those guys had to play. Plus, they were playing the 65th guy on the roster. Is that guy not going to play hard? You're not talking about a 12-year vet he's, he's, he's who's got $85 million, right? They're yeah. trying to make their money. But it's a good thing they played hard because Meyer was probably watching the whole time. Yeah, Or, or at least a good chunk of it. I mean yep. you gotta think he was eyeing if he was thinking about getting in the NFL, he was eyeing this, the Chargers. He was looking at jobs like that, mm-hmm. you know, even without knowing what kind of conversations were taking place prior,
0: yeah.
1: the you gotta believe he was keeping an eye on it. So uh all right, uh gimme one thing. Yeah. I go to the bullpen. Oh really what I should do for give me one thing is Chad Henney and yep. Andy Reid on fourth and one. Good for Chad Henney.
2: Yeah, that was you awesome. Know,
1: man. I don't know what the heck that throw was. I was rooting for Chad Henney. He makes yeah. a couple of really nice was, throws, and then he throws a up a
2: punt. That was a punt.
1: On first down. That was like, a what punt. was that. Yeah. Uh, but then to come up big in that situation, really cool moment, you know? Yeah. For a guy, you get hammered in that backup role, you're like cast off. What a great moment to have. Well,
2: though. and the celebration was the best, too, because I, I spent some time playing with Chad Henny, and he's always been a very calm, reserved, just kind of go with the flow kind of guy. And to see his reaction when he picked up that first down on that long run. Oh yeah. Well, he thought, thought he did. He well, he, he yeah. thought he did. But yeah, that's a good point. That's but a great that was point. a heck of an effort. But, man. The, um, dude, that's like, I mean, and I wish I could put that into words, but like, Of all the time he's been in the NFL, and yeah, obviously it's been predominantly a backup role. Like that's like years and years and years, Brent, getting to the culmination where you get that one moment, and like that was that one moment. He didn't convert the first down, but at the time he thought he did, and like you saw all the emotion come out of him. That was really cool to see.
1: Well, and and by the way, would you have ever gone for that
2: on fourth and inches? (sighs) Like that? Did you think they were going? I thought they're gonna go. You did. I, I, I thought for sure they're gonna go. Because when they Reed. put
1: it inside the 50, they, they have 90 yards to go in a uh, minute, 60 yeah, seconds. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I thought Rita was thinking like, hey, well, either we win it here or we we'll suffer the consequences. Like I, I expected that. You did don't not expect do that a play call. By the way, you don't do that if you don't have a
1: Lombardi in your back pocket. I'm not. I'm convinced of it. Andy yeah. Reid does not call that play if they had not won the Super Bowl last year. I'm convinced of it. But you know what? He, he put the trust in his offense's hands,
2: and and Andy Reid's an offensive-minded guy. I respect the what he theatrics did. going into that play were were unbelievable. It's insane. Great job. Insane. Nobody. I mean, yeah, no, they were snapping. Listen, it. And he I knows know, everything. I know. And listen, and I understand it's just a little pass and catch, but you still got to pass and catch it like I oh. know. And,
1: Good for Chad Hetty, really seriously, yeah. a good guy, good, yeah. good guy, uh, good for Chad any, and I still contend I said this on Twitter, I would have gone for it if I was Cleveland man and and i didn 't say this in hindsight, I said it at the time, yeah. and the reason I say it is I want two chances to win yeah. in order to i 've made it this far, i got to steal something on the road mm-hmm. i I want two chances, and what if i don 't get the ball back that has to enter your mind? their last play of their season in a game they lose by five points is a punt. With four and a half minutes to go, I, I can't. Hear you. I understand they had third and thirteen. I get third you and thirteen. Yeah. I get it. But so hey, if you give up a first down and you get the ball back and your yeah, they kick a field goal, you're down 25-17, You still have a chance.
2: No, I hear you. But once again, that's a, that's a Cleveland Browns team putting trust in their defense. You know, I mean, no, against I, the I, best listen, offense I, like of our lifetime listen, I, with Chad Henne, though. I, I, listen, I, I get what you're saying, Brent. I think it was, was it fourth and nine? It was fourth and eight. Fourth, fourth and, and nine, eight. Fourth and nine. Fourth and nine. Fourth and nine. I I and
1: probably by the way they would have if they picked up seven yards, they might have easily gone for it. I know fourth and nine is not easy. I get it, but I got to be aggressive. I you. Nope. Not many people.
2: putting his coaching hat in the ring. I'm
1: just saying I would have done it right from the rip. Okay, Stewart's been hanging on the line. We got to get here's my give me one thing really, Stewart. What's up? What's happening? Sorry, I was going to get oh, to you eventually. I thought we were going. Yes, yeah, awesome. Did you hear the golf okay, club I, story? I did. I saw it on
0: Twitter. Tell I us the this golf morning. club
1: story, Stuart. I'm bringing you in. photo friend from a. Give me one thing from the weekend. This is awesome.
0: Closer from the bullpen here to here to provide a little story time on ESPN 690, and in this case, it revolves around the central figure Sean, early candidate for Person <laughs> of the Year 2021. Sean was at a pawn shop to uh, try and buy a pressure washer you know, you want to improve some things around the house for him. It was a pressure washer as he's was doing the shopping. He notices uh, three young gentlemen come in with a set of golf clubs and uh, they try and sell set golf clubs to this pawn shop. But uh, little did they know, or unfortunately it didn't work out for them. The fact that pawn shops will not buy golf clubs from people because more than likely those golf clubs are stolen as they were in this <laughs> scenario. So, in this case, Sean realizes that and, and kind of understands, hey, these these don't belong to these guys. What, what's going on here? So they've all them out into the parking lot to see if he can make a deal with them for the golf clubs, and he does just that. He, he's able to buy this uh, set of golf clubs for forty dollars from these guys. Which, uh, if bucks, anyone knows, if anyone knows golf clubs, I, I mean, forty dollars is uh, that's that's a pretty low price for for an entire set of golf clubs. Uh, Certainly, especially had they looked inside the set and seen what clubs were in there. Anyhow, uh, while doing that, you realize the fact that they took $40 because, in fact, they had stolen those golf clubs a year and a half ago. And my guess is they've been sitting around and haven't been able to do anything with them for a year and a half. Why do I know this, you say? Well, that's because they were my golf clubs and they were stolen from my garage a year and a half ago. So. Yeah, there's that. So Sean buys these golf clubs from these young miscreants in the parking lot for $40, finds my bag tag inside, which you'd think they would have checked inside and seen the name in there and thrown that out to prevent anything from getting back to No, they didn't do that. Anyhow, uh, found my name in there, sent me an email, met up with me yesterday, and returned the golf clubs in an act of goodwill that will go down as one of the best of twenty twenty. By the way, those golf
1: clubs, that did they still have the Scotty Cameron putter in them? I going to ask that question myself. They still
0: had a $400 putter wow. in amongst the clubs, how, yes.
1: How about that? You could have sold that on like eBay or whatever you sell things on now, Craigslist, for probably a couple hundred bucks. Uh, one last thing. How did So did he know you from TV? Did he know where to find you? How did he find you?
0: My guess is he Googled me and saw my name pop up with an email address for Action News because it was the work email that he sent it to. And he's like, hey, you're the TV guy, right, when we met up in person. So I'm I'm guessing that kind of has something to do with it.
1: That's awesome. And you gave him the $40 back, right?
0: I did, and, and he got his time to shine on television yesterday, and it's gone a little viral on the Internet, so he, you know, he's getting, uh, getting the pass on the back from everybody all around town.
1: That's awesome. And him, by man. the way, we're going to send him some Dream 18 stuff too. Enough said. Good man. That's awesome. That's good. Glad you get your golf clubs back. Bring them to the Players' Championship Media Day next week, and you better deliver with a putter.
0: <laughs> oh, the putter is already working well. Used it today.
1: All right. Thanks, man. Good story. Awesome stuff. Sean, you're the best. Nominee for Person of the Year. Without a doubt. There, we took up all your time. It's our all time.
2: good, man. Hey. How you should, I mean, we're we're the be up me UFC? Uh, Max Holloway, man, that was Max awesome. Holloway, yeah, well, we'll talk about it tomorrow. How's that? Saying? No, go sell him. All right, uh, Calvin Cater, Max Holloway uh, fight happened last this past Saturday. Max Holloway landed 445 significant strikes to Calvin hey. Cater Brent, that would be like me kicking and punching you 445 times. Could you imagine? No, I couldn't. <laughs> I don't think anybody could. And Calvin Cater didn't get knocked out. He took them all. And, and then he did, a, he did an interview after the fight. Oh my! They God. interviewed him.
1: Live Local Loud coming up next on ESPN 690. FSU Coaches Show at 9 o'clock tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow.